ओके स्विच्ड या लाइव हेलो एवरीवन एंड वेलकम टू द 25th पॉडकास्ट एंड इफ यू कैन सी आवर क्रू इज बैक अगेन इट्स माय बॉय रैट्स hey what's up and shit wait there's a huge problem over here uh joel yes wait <laughs> why is it that came wrong sorry my problem joel is like the person joining here and trilokesh is here uh, special because we just had to you know invite his happiness uh, he just was too excited after the match yep, yep. right yeah yeah definitely All, although yeah ronaldo didn't do much did he, did nah, he do nah, nothing nothing nope, nothing <laughs> nothing he just nothing he could have got a red card in the second minute and it would have been more <laughs> to the game <laughs> that's true well, we should yeah. we would have won hey, eventually it would, it would have just made me a bit happier that's it uh, one thing you hate, you hate ronaldo joel No, I don't hate him, but then I hate Real Madrid in general. I mean, I have to. Oh hate yeah, him. yeah, you're a Barcelona guy. I keep forgetting. I thought you were a Madrid guy for a second there. I don't know why I thought. Hey man, I mean, I don't follow football that much, but after you know hearing about yesterday's match, I think Sergio Ramos has a good chance at the WWE. Yep, definitely. What did he, he do? What did he do? Oh, oh, so a lot of things happened actually. I think the f- most notable thing, which has got the whole world stirring, is I think, oh uh, yeah, with Mo Salah. he kind of took him down i don't know what's the scene because a lot of people say it was mo salah's fault and the other another set of people say that it's sergio ramos's fault i don't know what who's right and who's wrong i've seen some video clips but one thing is for sure he intentionally elbow nudged the goalkeeper jerl right? can you give us a more de- accurate description of what he didn't want the match he didn't want um, okay he he did it on purpose that's that's it so no it's like not purpose was... dude okay okay Shut the so fuck simple up. thing Oh. <laughs> you didn't watch it. Look Shut at the fuck up. look at the look at the Madrid fans defending. Oh, please. Can't defend. Of course they can't defend because they have people like Sergio Ramos. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that was the best thing I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> it's like he didn't do anything. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Dude, Mo Salah <laughs> grabbed the Mo Salah grabbed uh, grabbed the Sergio Ramos hand from the first place, and also Ramos had the possession of the ball, so you can't tell that he he did it intentionally. It was the uh, he. I never, he said, I never said it was a foul. It was not a foul at all. But then it was intentional. It was very kind of kind of intentional. It was one fifty fifty. Yeah, see how every now 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 convincing him slowly. Look at this. So okay, now we're talking over each other. Just let's. Yeah, yeah, we, we are arguing here. This is not a uh, podcast. Joel, you said that uh, this guy was actually. I mean, such a move is pretty un. Uh, you know, unbecoming of somebody who's considered to be a top tier defender, right? Yes. So I actually told this. Like, uh, even though I hate Real Madrid and I hate Sergio Ramos, I I do know for a fact that he is one of the best defenders in the game right now, and uh, for him to. you know do something like this like fall so clumsily onto his arm and it being a mistake i don't think that's possible this guy knows how to handle his body and how to fall and you know he did lock the shoulder actually and the worst part is that destroys sala's career because one he can't play for the world cup and of course it uh, he lost his good chance at scoring a goal in the champions league final so well that's sad That's really sad. sad. First, a first Egyptian to play in the UCL. Yeah, that's really sad. Like, I, I swear, like after falling, he kept crying in pain and everything, and he still kept playing for like 
at least another two three minutes because he just had to. He just wanted to. But then, uh, I guess he was deemed unfit to play, and uh, yeah, he had he to didn't, be taken off. He 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 actually felt a, quite a lot of pain. This yeah, exactly. this locating tried... the shoulder is really hurting. You didn't exactly, he's but he still try to play. Years, right? Not uh, for a few weeks now, actually. I guess two months around. Mm-hmm. And, and it's 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 the most important two months of his life, I bet, because it's the World Cup that comes once every four years, and yep. World Cup heroes equate, you know, better signings from clubs if Definitely. he's planning to go away from Liverpool ever. Like I remember James Rodriguez, like. I don't know what he's doing right now. I don't. Bayern I don't Munich. Doing... Yeah, yeah, he did a very Bayern good Munich. job. He he did a very good job actually. In Bayern Munich. Yep. I haven't been following the Bundesliga sadly. Not but Bundesliga. Then... He, he played against Real Madrid in UCL, and yeah, they. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. I then... remember that. But then, uh, honestly, <laughs> he became a star because of the World Cup, last World Cup. Yeah. So this could have been Salah's chance to be, you know. The next star, but honestly, he's proved himself enough in English football. I bet that's a very tragic, but yeah, at the same time, a very heroic tale just to see somebody who is damaged but still trying to play for his team. I guess, yes, yes. but yeah. but you know, we're debating. I mean, we would love to be uh, discussing about, about football. Not a sports podcast, unfortunately, even though we're playing FIFA. But uh, we're here to talk about video games in general, and quite a lot has happened in the last week. Uh, and rats visited yeah. Guwahati. Oh yes! Oh my God! I have so much to talk about Guwahati. Like you have no idea. Like so, yeah. Gamer Connect Guwahati. I kid you not. So at Amun uh, Amun uh, Biswas, you guys know him. Our man, a man. He told me that gamers in Guwahati are like a very diverse, a varied set of you know, varied gaming crowd. It's not your usual CS:GO, Dota, PUBG, those kind of peeps. It's like a variety of crowd. And I actually, and at first, I I wasn't too sure whether I should believe it or not. But then when I went to Guwahati and I met all the gamers there, holy hell, those guys play a lot of different games, like from your classic RPGs. FIFA, PES, uh, CS:GO, PUBG. I mean, of course, they do play the regular games, but they all—they don't just stick to those games. They play everything out there, and it was actually beautiful to see. Like in at Gamerkuna Guwahati, I got the chance to stream on my own channel for the people at the crowd. Yes, my mic wasn't working that well for the online audience, but the offline audience that were there, I was able to talk to them, and I was able to, you know, basically. I was able to show who I really was—the fun, cheery guy—and I had like a lot of stuff to give away. And it was very random, like how I was just. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Just belch. But yeah, it was very, very random how I gave away half of the goodies, like you know. And after after that, a lot of people came to me and like they wanted selfies. I even spoke to some of them, you know, got to know how the Guwahati gaming scene is. I mean, right? I think right now they are getting like better internet plans, and uh, it's going to you know. Hopefully improve over the coming couple of months so that you can see you know more content creators from Guwahati. And I also you know met the cafe owners of uh, the two cafes there. I think Hopper's Den and I mean Hop- Hopper's Arena and Gamers Den. Those two cafes, you know, brilliant stuff. The it's like Aman has you know completely turned Guwahati into his hometown, and he knows what he's doing with it. And apart from all of that, the event as a whole was amazing. I got to. Like I personally got to experience something, you know, some really cool new gadgets and products and stuff like that at the event. I also got to meet a lot of cool people. I even made a vlog 
of it, which I will drop a link in the comments after, you know, we're done talking about Gamer Connect Guwahati. And it was a fun experience, honestly. Now, but like, tell us mo- a little more about the event in particular. Like, how did it happen? Where did it happen? And a day one, day two? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. So, sorry, I just jumped straight into the chronicle. I was super excited with Guwahati. So, the event took place... Uh, it, it took place at the Maniram Diwan Trade Center. Uh, I think that is somewhere close to the ISPB flyover, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the name. I'm not 100% sure though. So it took place on the 20th of May from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And a lot of gamers turned up. I'm not sure about the exact numbers. I think Aman would ha- would know the right number for that. And But sufficiently, it was one of the better turnouts in, yes, in it, Gamer Connects. I mean, it was it was a good turnout. It's like for this year, it's like every Gamer Connect has been better. I was at Pune. Pune was really, really good. Guwahati, it was even better. And now the next event, which has been announced uh, to be at Chandigarh, uh, I'm actually waiting for that. Because a lot Pratham- of people told me... Pratamesh comments to, uh, and he wants, it to br- uh, wants you guys to bring Gamer Connect to Mumbai. But <laughs> Joel would agree. But uh, Joel also knows that there, uh, there is a dearth of gamers there, I believe. <laughs> Oh yes, there is. <laughs> that that grim <laughs> voice with that. Yeah, it was kind of lower down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was super low. But yeah, so the game of, see the event was a brilliant event. So I was there as a part of uh, the main team, you know, organizing it in terms of the production, and I was also one of the streamers there, you know, interacting with the crowd, talking to them, engaging with the audience, and I also you know made some content around Gamer Connect. There's still some more videos that I have to you know create and shoot for the coming weeks, which I will. And that was one awesome experience, you know, at Guwahati. It was, it was basically that. There was, there's nothing much more I could add to it, apart from the fact that it was one of the best events that I have attended till so, date. Were there any tournaments that struck out? Any uh, so, demo, uh, any yeah. that was the highlight? So there were a lot of activities that took place, you know, from apart from your normal, usual CSGO 1v1 challenges, they also had a 5-on-5 Rainbow Six Siege tournament, like a mini tournament of sorts, where people just came and registered on the spot and they played like a really quick BO, best of one kind of setting, uh, all the way from the beginning to the end, like from 10 a.m. all the way to 6 p.m. Like it was really fun and enjoyable. I would all... be really happy with that one. Yeah, he would be. He would actually be pleased with that one. It was actually fun. I I, I was told that Arna would be there for the event, but I don't think he was able to make it due to personal. That's always sick for some reason. Yeah, personal commitments and also health issues, but that's fine. They also had other cool stuff like WWE. Pests, uh, Shadow of War, Final Fantasy 15. Yes, they actually had Final Fantasy 15 in the Anzil booth where people were taking really, really cool images of Final Fantasy 15 with Anzil. Like, I was surprised that gamers knew how to use Anzil and they were actually playing around, you know, taking some really insane shots. I think one of them even warp strike, pressed the Anzil button and got like a really cool pose with Noctis trying to, you know, uh, break, you know, break from this fall or something. I was really, really uh, cool. Joel is our uh, most uh, experienced Ansel uh, photographer with Final Fantasy 15, I believe. Oh yes, he is. He, he is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, these guys—they actually knew what they were doing, right? Mm. And but, but the best highlight I would say was I think sometime in the evening, Xrig brought out one of their PCs. Like they had two PCs to showcase. One was at their booth, which was a really cool tempered glass kind of PC. I, I forgot what the name, I think that was called the X2, or I could be wrong. And oh, then the they Tesseract. had a, uh, the, the yes, Tesseract. a yeah. Tesseract version 2.0, which basically glows in the dark. Mm-hmm. Right? It just glows. That. What are the specs on that one? 
So the specs are very high end. It was an i7 with a GTX 1080. I'm not sure if it was a 1080 or a 1080 Ti with 16 GB of RAM. And it was in that small compact case that they've had. Right, right. right. That small compact case. And that it just looked beautiful. So it's like you power it on, it charges up. And then when you remove the plug, it still glows in the dark. Right. That extra power plug just makes it shine even more. And it looked amazing. It looked beautiful. Like you guys should definitely check out like, some of the like some of the gamers from Guwahati actually posted blogs. You should check out their blogs as well. I also made a blog. You should check out that if you want to know more about it. Maybe it might have covered more about the setup day and me chasing Aman across the entire event. But uh, where was Aman and what was he doing? Uh, Aman was coordinating with most of the volunteers and making sure the event was running smoothly as it was his region. And also right. he stole he stole my uh, you know my fl- uh, my fluff pet. Uh, tiger and he ran across the hall and I kind of chased him and I kind of felt like initial D for a second there. Hey, you guys did that in Hyderabad too, if I'm not wrong. Yes, I know, but that wasn't documented. This was documented. Okay. Why do you guys do that all the time? I, I don't know. It's just a running joke. It's just fun to do. Literally a running joke. Never mind. But yeah, um, but yeah. No. But to end things off with Gamer Connect, it was an amazing experiential event for the gamers of Guwahati and it was awesome. And also after Guwahati, we kind of went to Shillong and had some fun there. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I have bad memories with Shillong. I don't want to uh, go down there. Let, let's not. Let's not, my friend. Let's not. Anyway, so Abhi Ja says, I hope Gamer Connect comes to Bhubaneshwar because there are a lot of gamers that would like to see this event. Let's see if that happens. Will that happen anytime soon? Right. Mm, I have no idea. Like, I, I, I have no idea when the Gamer Connect events are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. I think some of them all be pre-decided and slowly being announced over the, you know, over the course of due time. Like when Pune was announced, nobody knew about Guwahati and Chandigarh. When Pune ended, Guwahati came into being. So it's like, you know, you finish one level, you unlock the next. So I think that's the kind of way I think all the brands are playing it when it comes to Gamer Connect. Makes sense. Makes sense. So next, the I really wanted to segue that into the other topic, which I think will make Joel happy. So, uh, of course, most of the tournaments here revolve around the esports or the other things that are famous uh, in India. But I got to I got to uh, you know go to this really cool event happening in Bangalore, which was the Street Fighter Five Proving Grounds, and it was just basically as it says, focusing on the arcade. Uh, funny enough, for, it was called Street Fighter, but people there were barely barely anybody there was actually excited for Street Fighter. Everybody was all over Tekken. All right. <laughs> Yeah, the Tekken is a very funny. popular fighting I mean, game. It's a, a, we, we discussed about how this happened because when it came early years, Street Fighter was the more popular one. But Tekken slowly gathered momentum. And I think the Indian group was really pushed for Tekken 7. Um, I, I, guess, I guess it's all because of the 2D versus 3D, basically. So definitely, all the, definitely. All the older gamers that prefer the you know old-style 2D uh, fighting gameplay, they they will stick to Street Fighter no matter what. But then all the newer people, especially from India, like India had no 2D fighting games back in the 90s and 2000s. Mm, Directly, right. they came up with the you know the PS2 era, and that's when Tekken 3 attack tournament got famous. Right. So I guess I guess in India, Tekken is something that resonates a lot more than 2D fighting games like King of Fighters or Street Fighter. But yeah, yeah. carry on. And also their purchase, I think the Capcom's uh, model of purchasing Street Fighter also makes it way too expensive, I believe. You have to get the game for 4,000 and then, you know, additional characters and the total bundle comes up to something like 6,000, I believe. 
I'm not sure about that, but that could also be another reason. But regardless, so the funny thing is the uh, tournament started and as usual, as with all Indian tournaments, it started late by around six hours, I suppose. I don't know. Oh, six hours? <laughs> wow, okay. I don't know how late it started, but I was there and there nobody to commit it. So uh, the first thing when uh, Deep was one of the people who was in the team and he's a guy who works with me at the Better India. Uh, so he told one of the organizers, the... Uh, I forgot, was it Sudanshu? I forgot his name. But he told, hey, this guy's from Astrocast and he does the podcast there. Like, uh, And that guy came to me, hey, I know you guys. You guys do these podcasts every week. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, People watch our podcasts? Exactly. That was my reaction. So what happened was, this was being streamed live on Twitch. Okay? And then nobody commented. So they pulled me into the chair for commentating on these arcade games. And I had no idea about the technicalities of, of it. All right? And I downloaded the app. I think it was called Tekken 7 Chicken or something, which gives the stats of all these players and how much it costs. But, and wow. thankfully for the first round, Quartz was there with me for the Tekken 7 uh, commentary. So my job was basically to make sure he talks as much as he can and as little spotlight is on me because people were watching live and there were 200 people who were watching it live. Uh, so, but that's what got me very, uh, to really appreciate the arcade system because you can really sell uh, because all the moves the way you've done it is not the typical rock paper scissors kind of thing like uh, if you punch a guy and he blocks it they said that that's a 10 frame lag and which if you put it into frames per second of 30 frames logged of ps4 that's like losing one sixth of a second which people I, focused it down to that much detail when it came to these fighting games i think it's 60 fps right i think on ps4 it's logged at 30 i'm not sure uh, which one Tekken? Tekken. No, no, most fighting games are at 60. Uh, yeah. Like, How's that? Yeah, yeah. Fine, 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 fine. Yeah, makes oh, sense. Yeah, I mean, frame matters. That's Frame yeah. matters. The, yeah, that's yeah. the point I wanted to drive home because these guys had researched that to depth. Like, if Paul hits this guy, Paul's uh, speed is this much. And if that guy blocks, this is the amount of frame lag I have that yes, I can exploit. Yes. Right? It got so technical. And the best part, it's both technical and it's fast. Right? So you, so the the number crunching and the reaction reactions are incredibly, incredibly fast. Uh, people came from all over the place and they got their own, you know, the joysticks with them. Yeah, Abhishek Prasti, thanks for correcting. It's sixty now. Uh, but what I wanted to react, the funniest thing is the hype around Tekken Seven was so much in India that it was Quote says it was the first game he actually pre-ordered and. The game after pre-orders comes with this free character Eliza. Oh yes, he's a fan of that character. I know yeah, he's a fan of that character. Yeah. Yes. So uh, this she's like a broken Street Fighter-esque character where you can just spam Dark Wave and win. That was Squirt's strategy. All right. But at this tournament, right, they didn't purchase any DLC character, <laughs> so Quartz could not use that character initially, and he got he got owned there. Uh, then he tried Noctis, and he still got owned. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, but, then, he, but I was told that he practiced a lot of Noctis as well. He practiced in, a lot of Noctis as well, but the other guys were just better. And uh, <laughs> it feels bad. It, it's just, no, it's all right. But the best thing I would like to see about the arcade community is complete lack of toxicity. It's like the community was really growing. So, so people started watching games and it's such a close-knit community. Everybody knows everyone. And people saw somebody else playing a game and they were like, this guy's good. I need to fight against him. It, it was like proper Karate Kid style 
attitude there. But I guess a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's not a team game, right? So you don't really have any reason to blame somebody else for your bad gameplay, I suppose. But um, I really actually, wanted to, you know, yeah, tell me. Yeah, I, not only in uh, this, but I also saw the same uh, tight-knit feeling in communities in Mumbai, uh, especially the PES and the Mortal Kombat community, where mm-hmm. everyone knows each other, they play with each other all the time. And uh, these kind of events are just like uh, an excuse to meet each other and, you know, enjoy and see who's the best out there. I so, mean, that is that's, a really good way to go with Exactly, to exactly. That. So uh, these communities, like, it's nothing surprising, but these communities are doing really well, you know, for gaming in general. And uh, if more and more keep popping up in the future, I guess we could have a really stable environment for you know, all kinds of esports here in India. Right, exactly. The best thing, but the, I, I wanted to stress on the highlight of the tournament for me. In the small corner when nobody was noticing, I had my first ever tryout at Super Smash Bros. Oh. Uh, it was Super oh. Smash Bros. Melee. And God, that game is fun. I mean, it's uh, fun. It, is, it is incredibly fun. Okay, it has basic controls. I mean, there's like two buttons, I think. But the amount of combos that you could like string with that is unlimited. And I think one guy who came from Pune, uh, he he was the one who gave me the basics for the game. And he said that it's... Uh, and I told him, this kind of feels like jazz when you're just improvising throughout the game. And he's like, he told me one of the things that made him improve in Super Smash Bros was playing music. And I have no idea. Well, like, uh, Joel, yeah. is there some like, so, merit to that? No, no. So I actually can act, uh, talk about that. Uh, Quartz was the one who told me about this. So when you're listening to 200 BPM music, which is beats per yeah. minute, right? That's how most Smash players, when they, when they want to play certain uh, particular, I, uh, how do yes, I say that's, it? That's, certain that's champions. That's pretty true. That's pretty yeah. true. I've, I've because, heard uh, if you wait, really want to go well, fast. Wait, let, let Rats finish first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. So it's like you're playing a particular, you know, hero or a particular fighter in Smash Bros. And you listen to 200 beats music. You will beat the other person up based on the beat. So that's like fast attacks right there, right? And for certain heroes, it actually is, you know, really, really good. I think there's this uh, international player called Chudak. He plays this... uh, he plays this character which has two twin trolls things. So basically, one of their moves is they grab the person and they keep punching that person. They just keep mm-hmm. punching that person. But you, in order to get that continuous succession of hits, you got to actually hit it with the right beats. So if you listen to 200 BPM music, you can actually sync those beats in perfectly. And you can just, you know, keep on hitting that person till they hit like some 300%. And then you can just whack them once and they just fly off the map and you win the game. Nice. Like, it, 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 is a, it is a legit strategy. Yes, even even I've heard of players, uh, you know, who will uh, play music like, you know, fast-paced music like Deja Vu or something, you know. And it is amazing how fast the game plays. It is really much oh, more faster than... It's really fast. It's like, really it's, fast. It's, faster than it's, anything else I've played. It's really not like, you know, other traditional fighters like Tekken or, you know, Mortal Kombat, which is well more slow. Though timing is a lot more important there. But then speed is, of course, in Super Smash Bros. It's flashy. And I remember, okay, I started off with the young Link, who's one of the more, I think, low-tier characters. And I was facing off against the Quartz's Peach. Okay, I got, I, I, I got owned left, right, center. But I could manage a few hits. But it's just the, the sheer 
pace of the game is so addictive that you just want to keep playing more but the thing is like when i got so used to playing young league and actually got good with it somebody else co- told me like you know go play math right and I, i and i and i chose math who's apparently one of the stronger characters the funny part was i couldn't keep up with how good that character was the guy was so fast i fell off the uh, uh, stadium <laughs> after like he was fast i dash i fell out of the stadium because i could not control he was too powerful i don't know the guy straight up started flying i could not control the character so i went back to like i went back to a low tier character because i could not handle the dude, speed it's kind of like when we dude, played fifa remember john yes 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 i remember <laughs> like i could not play with the magic <laughs> because they were so fast <laughs> and i played better with united <laughs> exactly you <laughs> like this is too fast <laughs> oh is this there like united sucked just well enough for me to play well with them Uh. <laughs> of course like positioning is everything and with such a game you need to know where you are at any given point of time and when characters move so quickly on that mm. field in melee like it's very hard to keep up i can understand a first time player of course having problems first of all the recovery the, just the recovery it takes while for other people to handle i got it pretty quick but there's there's so much you can do off the stadium which is crazy yes oh, that's yes, yes. the double jumps and all that yeah of course when when they're off the stadium they're not really off the stadium <laughs> till they're dead till that till they're gone yeah till, till they're dead down in the ground deep buried in hell because i've been wrecked so many times because of these jumpers Dude, so i got so hyped for that like i literally said that I'm, i'm definitely getting a switch for the next smash bros game man are we are we getting a new like switch game this year what is happening we just got like a title i'm just hoping e3 going to be fun i think they i think they definitely will announce it but i don't think smash 5 will come this year i think it'll come, Odith, come next year yeah odet you need to buy a pro controller then i already have one so mm-hmm. you also need to buy one so then we uh, yeah, can play super smash i don't know i got it from the uk uh huh so, so yeah i uh, think in india uh, i think in india it'll be like for 5000 to 7000 rupees it's one of the costlier controllers i'll see if i can get a good deal out of it somewhere and i'll i'll definitely get it though because i really really do want to play it now but i also you know, i also bought an xbox one controller for 699 there was an amazon sale oh wow that's that's cheap as hell that that to the you know the minecraft controller with the creeper thing on it hmm. and the bluetooth and everything man somebody was crazy to put out that deal <laughs> definitely hey trilocation what settings are you playing this game dude 91 dude play on some some play on some challenging mode dude yeah it's like gta settings or gta 4 what yeah man what ronaldo scoring goals in his thing no i don't know oh no the most disappointing thing was that due to the constraints due to the how late it started they had to cancel one of the tournaments and unfortunately it had to be dragon ball fighter z which was the game i was looking forward to the most okay. god damn it yeah and feels then bad. yeah feels bad dude the one game that you should be this is what i really irked me about the tournament the one game that you should be putting at your forefront to promote in india when it comes to building arcade should have been dragon ball fighter z because of its complete uh, complete you know completely balanced uh, outlook and its uh, property it how famous it is but no it got cancelled and the street fighter 5 tournament happened but i don't really care about that but so we can move on <laughs> <laughs> i didn't stick around for street fighter 5 tournament i'm just uh, it it uh, so it, it goes to a, to- a tournament a, a event called street fighter 5 proving grounds 
looks at yeah. every other fighting game except for the main game street fighter 5 That's so, like <laughs> you didn't even watch Street Fighter Five and you didn't even prove yourself. So what did you do? The game didn't prove Fighter itself Fighter to me, dude. Proving grounds. <laughs> <laughs> the game didn't prove itself entertaining, dude. Just that way. That no, I'm not gonna stick around if I'm bored. I, I went. I went down to the next beer. My friends were hanging around there. It was funny. Late night when everything was off. It was like ten. My friends, uh, Siddharth, Varun, Joel, you hung out with them when New Year's, if you remember. So they uh-huh, were, uh, yes, yes. yeah, so they were near that bar right next to that. So it's funny. Whenever there was break, I just went and met them, had a drink, came back, had a drink, came back, like did that back and forth, and you know, I was totally smashed by the end. I was smashed, bros, by the end of the day. So. That Honestly, y'all should have had a drinking game. Like every time you lost, everyone has a shot. That's it. Everyone would be would be down like in <laughs> super smashed pros. <laughs> super smashed. <laughs> yeah. So that, but so that concludes that. And another thing I wanted to talk about is lately I've been playing a bit of God of War. So finally, finally got to talk about what the you know fuss is about. and i have to say the the game no i mean to put it in the words is i was going to record gameplay and show it but i really did not want to spoil anything because uh just how much it pushes i can't say redefine storytelling because that's too much of a cliche of a word but just how much um uh, it takes draws from the modern games right uh you think god of war what more can they do with the franchise right but then if you see the most recent ground breaking games you see dark souls you see the witcher you see the last of us right all of them have certain things that they did really well and uh god of war takes elements from all of them right so uh, the dark souls level of you know fighting mechanics uh the the level design you know it's still it it has certain bit of that maze design which you know circles back to each other uh, mm-hmm. luckily it does not have that obscure storytelling so if you're a dark souls fan if you like dark souls and you like i really need a more straightforward storytelling god of war does that then it takes elements from witcher 3 where you know the side quests some of the times where i'm going down the lane and i don't even i'm doing a side quest it it takes that element from the witcher 3 so if you like the witcher 3 and you thought the gameplay is kind of clunky god of war does that and then the you know from last of us what last of us made popular was that it actually made your uh uh co-op buddy uh ai ai co-op fun with by actually giving that person some character but then there was still some issues with that people still found some of the gameplay elements of last of us to be kind of boring and the ai the enemies never shot the ai uh god of war fixes that by the way so they have one button which controls the ai atrius and um he gets caught by the enemies as well he's not going to die obviously but you have to take figure around it adds certain bit of convenience so it it incorporates the ai co-op into gameplay which is amazing but what i wanted to focus upon was the the rich narrative telling a storytelling by all the other mechanics that these guys have done so the start just the starting Uh, of the game which is by the way this this whole game is one cut scene i can't even say cut scene because there are no cut it is one scene it oh, wait, never never is there cut. no loading screen there is no loading screen it never cuts wow okay, so start uh, to finish what i wanted to ask you was like even after all these huge gameplay changes and you know 
changes in storytelling as you say is it even a god of war anymore oh definitely so this is uh, one of the major uh, questions that people would have uh, so it gets solved right out of the first first hour or let this uh, this doubt so what i'm going to say is the starting right when uh, i don't want to give any spoilers away but you know you know the whatever they said right they have to take um, the mother has died you mm-hmm. you have to burn the ashes take it to the mountain right then it sets this course for this hero's journey over there and mm-hmm. it doesn't give in a background of how kratos got there but just that scene i want to focus i'll get to your question joel but i want to focus on the scene just that scene of uh, you know that funeral the music the elements the the way the music just elevates the scene that very scene and the whole gameplay is incredible i recommend you play with the headphones on because the music really delivers when it comes to it's the fine I, I is it as scary as hellblade seven as sacrifice oh yeah some of the some of the uh, some of the parts can get scary uh, which is funny considering you're playing kratos so now back to joel's question so the gameplay is uh, so some of it is worrisome because it's no longer a hack and slash game and it's funny how much of it is not a hack and slash game because uh god of war even as a hack and slash i don't think it was any the previous game were not as dense as the other hack and slash games like dmc if you figured one combo you'd pretty much spam that combo not so much the case in this one uh i was surprisingly mostly on the defensive because I I just kept I just loved throwing the axe. I was on the defensive and I kept throwing the axe because I just loved the way the axe came back and I was more focusing on dodging because it's just in my DNA now. It is just ridiculous to watch Kratos just dodging or constantly and throwing his axe from far and you know going for those butt pokes. So in that respect I guess Joel you might be irked the hardcore fans might be irked but then the certain boss fights that happened right where uh, which uh, i i don't want to spoil it it's so hard to talk without spoiling but there's this one dude who comes and then without cutting again no cut scenes but very few quick, quick time events considering god of war was the one that popularized that thing uh it you see the same the same epic scale the same thing that god of war was known you know the mountains crashing trees you guys this guy picking up a whole boulder and tossing it on the enemy and in those moments you're like yep this is very much still a god of war game at the end of it and kratos is still an asshole so that there's god of war element <laughs> there as well so, yeah then, i mean the bluntly uh, put yeah i'd like to yeah hmm. something wrong with your voice i think is it no, okay no fine here yeah it's hmm. kind of fine forget okay so uh, yeah i'd like to talk some about god of war 2 and for me it's about kratos's character but uh, in gameplay form for example when you told me uh, it's it's a lot more like dark souls and you had to play defensively and that previous god of wars had the whole gameplay element as simple as you learn one combo you keep spamming that and that's it you are the god of war you destroy everything in your path i think right. that that was part of kratos's character right so santa monica studios kind of made it that way that you know it is supposed to be uh, all destroying those blades of chaos going all over the place and i feel kratos somewhat loses that right now no you your point is completely defensive. no your point is completely justified in that respect when you consider you played on in the trilogy once you play this game you can understand why these guys went with this decision because 
even narratively speaking, Kratos is a different person now, right? Uh, when it starts, he has left that behind. I... His cynical. Some. Uh, l- 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 let me explain how it changes were made with the narrative in mind. So Kratos doesn't want any of that. He wants to have his small isolated lifestyle. Okay. And the focus of the game is more on him being, uh, trying to find his place in this world and also being a father to this person, something he does not know. You know, you know uh, what I can liken this very strongly to actually you, you I think you'd agree with me on this. It's Wolverine and Logan. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. So, and what is Logan inspired from last of us? Exactly. Like this, this whole thing is taken like from Wolverine and Logan. Wolverine was this badass killing machine. God of War Kratos was this badass killing machine. And then suddenly for, you know, their last part, uh, they, you know, completely tone it down, make them old people, make them care, you know, caretakers of some person. You right. know, it's very similar. And uh, even Logan, even Logan, uh, they show, yes, of course, the final scene where he goes all crazy. But then mm-hmm. there are times where, you know, you see he's not the same Wolverine anymore. There are times where he, you know, holds back. And I think God of War in that respect does the same thing. And very well, as, very well pointed out, Joel. Yeah, sorry, you were, I interrupted you. So, uh, just as people were, you know, bored of that whole Wolverine formula, it was getting tiresome. The, you know, the Jap- mm-hmm. the Japanese Wolverine thing. It, it just got tiresome seeing that whole thing again and again because we've seen it in, I guess, five movies right now. Right. And then Logan came in as that breath of fresh air. Right. You know, and the new God of War does exactly that. Like, I think people people were bored of Kratos' f- exactly five games, I guess. Yeah. Those are four, the, uh, three was... Ascension and the PSP games as well. And exactly, so five, yeah, right? I, yeah, yeah. I also wanted to uh, tell, this is a great point that you brought. Because when it was hack and slash, God, uh, Kratos was a vengeful sp- uh, person. Like, he just wanted revenge, right? Now, this is him trying to get to his human side. And... You know, you the a lot of these have to do with a lot of character moments that happen in the game. Some of the funniest part is Kratos just you know trying to tell stories to his child, which happens while you're rowing the boat, which I don't think could happen in a hack and splash medium. And the fact that it's it's again building this relationship with this kid through these co-op puzzles. Puzzles was a major pa- uh, factor of the previous God of War games, but now they have this added element of this being this uh, co-working thing with your child. And this constant back and forth, and you know how Kratos doesn't really—he can—he can slaughter a titan no problem, but he can't communicate to this child, which is such a crazy phenomenon. And they do this, right? And they also say that while Kratos is this emotional wreck, they also, in the very early moments, drive home that this child is all Kratos has. So it does this amazing. I'm going to not spoil the story, but spoil this really, really good moment that they do where they use the visuals really well to deliver this point okay so uh this kid sees a boar all right and you know how kratos has been training him to hunt and he's excited he just runs in there all right runs in there and uh, kratos calls you know boy he just calls for a few while and then he comes (laughs) boy yeah and he's like where are you and then suddenly the music slowly gets this really eerie tone and you start running to find uh eight years and guess what you enter a level that's just missed that's just missed you can't see it you're running 
and uh, you're running, you're hitting dead ends, you shout his name, he does not come, the music slowly starts getting more eerie, the mist gets like thicker and thicker, and it just goes to show you that the game developers put this effort to just show that Kratos is getting paranoid because as he goes further during this mist, he starts hearing his words from previous his previous family and all that, and he starts getting insanity, and you, you understand that when he's focusing on this child, it's help. It's helping him be sane. It's helping him forget whatever he had done in the past. And the moment he's separated, all those keep coming back to him. So I'm not gone further in the game, but I'm really, I'm very sure that they're going to keep exploring this aspect further down the line. Okay. Uh, one more thing, not to cut you off, but then Trilokesh, can you stop trying to get that goalkeeper out of the D and just giving away goals? <laughs> like, please. <laughs> <laughs> that that's just stupid. I'm trying to even it anyway, out, even the odds. Prathamesh, Prathamesh is disagreeing with you, Joel. Apparently, that they weren't just badass warriors. Uh, the story bits from the older War God of Games was not just and slash. I mean, I mean, you do agree. The it, uh, God of War game did try to follow hack and slash. Did try to follow that Greek tragedy thing, but it never quite hit me because I never in the older games I never never really liked Kratos as a character. To be honest, see, I'm I'll, I'll... blank. I'll I'll be honest. See, again, I'm going to draw parallels between Wolverine and Kratos here because they seem so alike both emotionally and physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, they are angry all the time, and yes. you have to un- and what the developers of both the movies and the games were like. Why you you have to understand why they were angry? They were angry because they were hurt. They were hurt. They had this sadness, and that's where you know Wolverine had this thing. You know where. I guess his uh, girlfriend or someone is killed and then he mm-hmm. uh, gets the whole adamantium thing done and they, whatever. they It's a story of loss. And similarly mm. with Kratos, if you played the whole PSP series also, the thing that you said, uh, Odit, about yeah. uh, that's not the first time they've done it. They yeah, actually, no, the first God of a game had that where his family was killed and you could understand exactly, his vengeance. Exactly. They, they did that whole thing where, you know, everything went dark and he sees ghosts of his family being killed, murdered, whatever. And he's just walking through that, you know, all mm-hmm. lost and hopeless. So it's what they're trying to say is that back then, uh, these characters used anger to mask their sadness. That was their recovery. That was the way they reacted to their sadness. But mm. in Logan and in uh, the new God of War, we, we don't see that anymore. They do still have sadness in them, but they found ways to cope, you know, with it much better. So in- it's, yeah, yeah, perfectly what you said. Like, it's, it's a way to find cracking that heart. Exactly. The shell that you've made, it's not sustainable. You have to get out of it. Just have to do. I believe these are the lines. Like and... I bet, I bet God of War starts out directly with the boy, but Logan didn't start out that way. If you see, Logan started out with uh, Wolverine being grumpy, yeah, as yeah, yeah, usual. But then he meets that little girl, and you can see his demeanor change completely. And I think it's that changed demeanor that Kratos has is what gives him a lot more character, a lot more, you know, strength to, mm. you know, be away from that sadness and anger. And hence, you will not see that anger. So. When I say he's angry in the previous games, I just don't mean he's just angry. I do realize why he's angry and why does he do the things he does. That is but part it of kind his of, character. It kind of, for me, it kind of wore out by the third game, the, the anger kind of thing, though. If of I'm going to be honest, I, yeah. I'd, I'd say Ascension was directly a milking. Like, even Santa yeah. Monica Studios knew that. Right. But what I really want to appreciate is, even just from the... And this is from a whole Sony standpoint, is how... 
uh, it's explored all these, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to use this term because of how wrong it can be interpreted. But, you know, these typical apex, you know, supposedly alpha male characters, like, you know, Nathan Drake and Kratos, everybody, and sort of deconstructing them in a while. Like Uncharted 4 was about marriage, funnily enough. It was about, it was not about Nathan Drake's adventure, but it was like how unhealthy his obsession with a treasure hunting was and how it was destroying everything he held dear and how it's focusing on marriage. This one is about the burden of having a child and trying to let go of your past and really, really exploring the complex dynamics of your, you know, uh, last age heroic characters is something very laudable and you pushing gaming storytelling forward. Right, or, or maybe somebody at Sony has huge family problems. Definitely. Very, very <laughs> true. I mean, it's the Japanese, right? So it's, it's not... But I just love, like, I just love how actually Sony just comes, gives... No, them... yeah, I, I do agree. I do agree with that. Like, uh, speaking about loss is a very good way of putting out a story. And video games uh, as a storytelling medium had never gone into that. It had always been because it's more action related right and right. sadness does not evoke action so uh god of war was one of the first uh ones that showed you know sadness then angered you to that sadness and then you were part of that anger now i think because of better graphics because of better gameplay elements and basically because of storytelling evolving from that you know just action action gameplay we've got walking simulators like what the fuck we, yeah, I think I think it also has to do with the point of saturation. I mean, though God of War looks great, but in terms of visual fidelity, how much better looking can you get after a point? You have to push it exactly, in other directions, right? Exactly. So uh, at that point, people do tend to, you know, deviate from what they've been doing all this time. And uh, most of these games, as you said, uh, talking about, uh, again, God of War only, uh, they uh, really break the mold in terms of gameplay. Like I believe, if you can tell a good story just through gameplay, you've you've done a great game. That's it. Like anyone can tell a story through text and cutscenes. That's that's not really a good game narrative. But if you can tell it just through gameplay, if you can show character through just that, I believe you have a great game. And that's what makes uh, these games really great. Like you said about even Nathan Drake. So I don't think on the gameplay side, Nathan Drake did that. But God of War surely does that. Oh no, you'll be surprised that even the Uncharted games do deliver that from the gameplay. But yeah, definitely God of War really pushes that in front. And I'm really excited because why I believe Sony to be the perfect marriage for Spider-Man is this is the this is what the character thrives on the human storytelling and the you know the uh, the the connection between the person and this hero who's actually just a normal guy. And I'm really interested to see how much further they can develop the humanity aspect and finding the humanity within video games. That's just the thing to explore. I'll just conclude it on that. I'll have to play more God of War to figure out what more they do. And rats. And I'll have to order God of War 2 now. Yeah, yeah I just I just I just want to do this PS I just want Udit to be done with God of War so I can get his PS1 and play Persona 5, dude. Like, uh, yeah. like I have not played a single God of War game because I'm a mm-hmm. PC pleb, but I'm slowly getting into the console. You know, console race by playing Persona Five. Dude, so you gotta play these games, bro. I'm just saying you gotta. Play I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I'll, There's I'll so many games I have to play even on the PC, man. You you can't get into the console race if you're playing Persona because that's a damn slow game. You 
you'll just I'll, be playing persona for a long time yeah, yeah it's the, 130 hours of time sync okay you have like 130 hours of being a school boy you could, you could literally play six other sony exclusives in the time that you can complete just one persona <laughs> but it's a life well lived dude it's like it's like living your school if, yes, if yeah, your school was no actually regret. good no if your school was actually cool <laughs> anyway so we're going to move on to the next uh, topic which is a uh, bit of a memorial actually So this week, uh, Turtle Biscuit, who was fighting cancer for quite a while, has passed away, and just wanted to reflect on a while on how much of an effect he has had in starting the community of game journalism, and you know, really opened the windows for all of us, right, to get into this. And I wanted to take some time for you know all of you guys to tell what, uh, how do you discover Turtle Biscuit and what he actually meant to you while going forward. towards all of these you know bethesda and blizzard games so i was a big fan of world of warcraft back then and he used to have all these guides for world of warcraft and i used to just watch them and all that then later i discovered he had a game review channel and that's how i kind of got into all of his all the other games uh out there because of his reviews like he'll always have that series like wtf is and game name so i used to watch all of that first before you know getting into a game and buying it and that was the kind of content that i followed you know from from uh, you know john bain it was it was enjoyable man then after i you know heard the news that he's been diagnosed with a terminal cancer i was like shit like this is the guy i looked up to and you know when it came to content creation and also whenever i wanted to buy a new game but you know after hearing his passing i felt damn sad chill were you a fan of cynical brit um actually i wasn't a fan as such but yes I I don't know why like even I ended up watching Cynical Brit first that that was the first thing I saw and uh, yes I also did uh, I think Ratul told about the WTF is series where mm-hmm. he played he didn't play games that were uh, you know known that much he played those indie titles on WTF and mm-hmm. uh, I I I did like that he always brought something new to the table also come on the co-optional podcast like I used to listen to that sometimes uh they were hella long and i could not sit the whole 2 3 hours but then i used to like what he used to say and uh, honestly it's it's really surprising that uh such talent is really gone from this world so early like 33 years of age i guess right yeah. 33 yes yeah, so it's, it's that is pretty young that is very young but uh, i guess i could say a life well lived because yeah, definitely. he, he he really changed uh, gaming you know he gave hope to a lot of indie developers because uh, like you said those series that he played actually gave them a lot of recognition he was one of those people who had that kind of pull whereas yes, if you play yeah i agree he he was he was actually more for the indies than you know the triple a titles like he used more with the games that weren't too popular in the limelight like yes in the in the beginning he did you know start off with i think starcraft he was a commentator for that then world of warcraft and then after that he kind of you know 
went forward to you know do other things as well because i remember quite clearly that he did a lot of world of warcraft like a lot i think it was during the wrath of the lich king or cataclysm days like he did so much on that and then after that, that is when he's i think that is when he started the podcasts and the reviews and stuff like that and i think this was like what 6 years ago 6 7 years ago i think 2010 i remember watching him then back then i could uh, be wrong i i remember watching him in i guess 2014 14 yeah i guess 4 years ago that is okay did you hear about that bioware dev though who's been like trash talking him that Wait, what the fuck? What? Yeah, wait, let me just, uh, it just came to my notice on my Twitter. I just uh, found out. Let me just fi- find out where I got this till the time. Uh, I'll get to you. I'll get back to you on that. Uh, I'm searching for it. You guys can keep yeah. talking. Ex-BioWare dev mocks passing of uh, YouTuber Total Biscuit. Yeah, David Crooks was doing that. Yeah. I, I and... just came passing to me on Twitter. If you could just see it, it's, it's just ridiculous the kind of tw- tweets he's been putting up. Oh my yeah. God! This is this I is just... terrible. What a could you read out, Rats? Could you read out, read it out to? The yeah, I'm just. So that, I'm yeah. so I'm just finding out. Uh, okay, I just so, found okay, a, I'll, no, I'll, I found I'll, a YouTube mega thread which uh, yeah. starts off on the 24th of May with David Crooks. He's like weird. The world just felt a little bit better sometime around an hour, hour and an hour and a half ago. Maybe it was maybe it was just those new running shoes I got for my ho- run home. Oh, wait, I know. It's because Total Biscuit died. Hey, everyone, watch this. I know it's rude to piss on someone's grave, but these axes aren't going to grind themselves. And he posts a picture of a lot of axes. Then he's like, how about the time he was a center point of not one, but two major games I worked on, dishing out a plethora of shitty criticism that was less than useful and didn't help anyone and are still some of his most viewed videos with a picture of you know the videos that he was shitting on this guy. Or even just little things like obsessing over Moo graphics to a degree that went beyond comical and was just plain and uneducated. I think it was his take on Watch Dogs where he ramped up on the number of frames to buffer saying, I don't know what this does, but let's make it higher. Like in brackets. Side note, I did find it funny that he did a take on even 13, 30 flights of loving, still reviewed the option screen and said, look how many options there are. And, there, and this is just an indie game. All without the fake Gamer Boy not realizing that's just Quake 3. Basically, it's just a huge list. And then in the end, he's like, uh, I'm saying this for myself, but I might as well be saying this for those who were and still could be. Fuck that guy, nine ways to Sunday and good riddance to bad rubbish. To which someone replies saying, you're a horrible human being. That was the only tweet right there, right? Uh, God, so, that's, that's just disgraceful. Taking a portrait immediately after somebody's passed away. And Joel, do you agree with the fact that uh, this guy, his reviews are basically not helpful at all to people? Um, not really. But then what I mean is, in it, it is not at all justified for any person to do this, especially right. once someone has died. You can't just be like, okay, yeah, he was a bad review. If you wanted to say that, you could have said that while he was alive, like, I don't like you or something. And then, you know, he'd be able to tell, uh, defend himself at least. But you're just taking a defenseless person and attacking him. Like, why? Why would you do that? That's just terrible. And uh, and the way he does it, like with his first tweet, you know, saying that the world seems a bit better and all that, like so theatrically, like, oh my God, how does this person even have friends? I, I, I feel bad. 
Which bio, which bioware game did this guy make again? Uh it's not mentioned in the thread though. I'm just checking. Uh, we'll he, have to look up he just he too. just said that he worked on some of the games that he uh, did. So even mm. I don't know exactly which one is it. Uh, but with an attitude like that, you're definitely not going. Yeah, and also yeah. he is one of the devs for Anthem as well. Uh, so that's also there. So and. Yeah, I mean the Reddit thread. It's like you're free to discuss how this will have impact Anthem. So it's it's great going, man. It's not like EA was having an PR. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And by the way, guys, Ratch is not the one playing FIFA. It's Three Logesh. Yeah, man. Come on. If I was playing FIFA, I'd do some cool shit like you know, body slam someone. Wait, is Trilogesh scared to play at even amateur right now? I don't know. How did like, this score seven goals against you, Trilokesh? What the That's fuck? How... <laughs> yeah, I, was, yeah, I kept yeah, the stream I... down. No, no, no. <laughs> See, How I was... Trilokesh, like... No, I was just getting it even. I got scored 10, so I was getting bored. Getting oh, okay. the different... Be, be a man and play on world class or something like that. I'm playing on. Game. See, I, I can show you right now. Go uh, back to mute, Trilokesh. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm... Oh, where's, where's uh, I just wanted to focus on the other topic because at the same time, by yeah. the time it was a I can't huge... show you right now. Okay, you can say. Hello? Right. So yeah, one of um, I mean, Udit, you want to take it away? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that we lost another person who was very pivotal in shaping the gaming industry. It's the Atari co-founder Ted Dabney. He died at the age of 81. So for those of you guys, everybody knows Atari was the foundation of it all, right? Atari, people from Atari then went on to form three companies with A's. I think one of them was Activision. And yeah. just how pivotal they were. So I think this person worked on Pong. Uh, he did, yeah. The, he was a creator of that, of Pong, yes. He was a creator yes. of Pong. Uh, before, uh, be, uh, after this. So you can just imagine Pong, the one that started it all. And the co-founder of that has died. So as a matter of fact, I don't have anything to add because I don't know much about the person, unfortunately. But just a funeral, considering we are this community, this huge, ever-growing community, and we, a large part of that is owed to this person, Ted Dabney. And I just thought it'd be nice to just bring that name up here. And yeah, anybody else can give some few words. It's just it, it got pretty dirt in here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Man, no, this no. podcast is getting too sad right now. Like, okay, uh, you want me to like lighten it up? Fine. By the way, uh, it's uh, it's Epic has just uh, Epic Games has just announced that it's 20 years since Unreal for uh, for Unreal, the first Unreal game. Anybody played Unreal? Oh yes, I, I mean oh, you're talking yes. about the original Unreal from '96, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right? I'm not talking about the tournament. I'm talking about the Unreal. Yeah, Unreal. I know '96, where I think the main character was like a gr- dude with a green tank top and some cargo you could pants. Change or some the character. Shit. It was funny. You could change the characters, but it you. It, Wait, uh, you're, you're cutting cut off. off. You're cutting off. Okay, yeah. You could change the character's avatar, but it was ridiculous because you could never see the character ever. Yeah, exactly. You know, you could change. I remember the default was the guy with the green tank top yeah, and yeah. the cargo military pants. Right. Uh, the funniest part was when it released, right? I think it released eight months after Quake 2. And it was mm. ridiculous how all the other CDs had uh, artwork done, right? Quake had this logo done, everything. And uh, Unreal's box was just 
a screenshot of the game. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I remember. I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. It's like there's a small box in the center. There's a screenshot of the game with someone jumping on you and Unreal with two monsters in the sides and the you know all the publishers and logos and rating below. Yeah. And those publishers don't even exist anymore. <laughs> and, and, and here and here's the thing. The best part is in those uh, you know you know those uh, in most cover up they say right a particular game reviewer kind of type something yeah. or whatever. Yeah. In this cover, one of the uh, text says "Rip Quick Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says "Rip Quick Two. That's the. Like, I'm so savage. Like, uh, <laughs> and it is yeah. the best looking game of all time. And with the screenshot. Yes, I, I I wish whoever that person is is still playing video games right now. No, and one of the magazines even says it puts the screenshot of the magazine as like this is how the game actually looks. <laughs> well, well actually, it, it does make sense because back in the day when you had you know those SNES games, people never had a screenshot of the game ever on the box. I mean, look always... at it. it. It came eight months after Quake Two, and if you actually look at how Quake Two looks, it, it it and the model and how great Unreal looked with, by comparison, you could just see why they pushed so hard. And I'm just gonna say because it was, they didn't stop there. If you pick out the manual, the manual had lesser instructions but more screenshots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was how much they believed in the Unreal Engine. It's almost funny at this point. <laughs> And uh, but the game itself was pretty good. So the game itself was uh, surprisingly again back in those old times where they explained nothing to you, and it it was basically a jerk fest of all the things that they could do with the Unreal Engine. Like they used dynamic lighting to basically cause these jump scares with the monsters. Make sure to uh, to make uh, the game was basically a huge example of how powerful this engine was and what more they could do with that. Uh, while still being a really really solid game overall though i believe i got bored midway but yeah I, Jill, i'd say i'd say it was more like a crisis of 1998 that's the best word to dis- best way to describe it because uh, yeah again why am i drawing parallels everywhere but then cri- uh, crisis did kind of the same thing right in t- 2007 like when it came out it was just the pinnacle of all graphics the Everything was basically like a huge tech demo. Every level was a tech demo. And Unreal is also that way, in a way. Like, gameplay brushed aside, uh, it, they just put in each and every effect they could. They they crammed it all in there, whether required or unrequired, in that game. And in 1998, all of that was a big deal. Like, people actually had voodoo graphic cards at that time. I don't right. know. If right, right, we... I know voodoo. Yeah, it's right? funny if some some a new computer released and they were like, yeah, but can it run Unreal? No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was it back in the day. Like I like how how people play on 4K right now. At that time, 768P was hmm. the shit. Like if you had a Voodoo graphic card and a Pentium 4, I don't think it was yeah a 486 or something. Or I think Pentium 3. Not. I had I Pentium think. 3 and I ran yeah, Unreal on that. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think you 64 had 64 pen- MB RAM. It was a beast. Yes, Possibly yes. 70, yeah. If you had all of that and you you could then run this game on its maximum settings at 768p, oh my God, you you were a rich boy. You were a rich, rich boy, boy at that time. Boy. Uh, <laughs> it just uh, but then again, uh, it's just crazy how despite all how much Unreal Engine has evolved. But, and by the way, Epic Games, with their 20th anniversary, they have released Unreal Gold, 
which is a club together of the Unreal game and the expansion, where your Unreal game was about this guy escaping from the alien planet, and Unreal sequel, where the expansion pack, because you know they really didn't have story writers back then, was these guys <laughs> forcing him to go back to the planet and beat people and come back up. All right, so it's a club of that, and the gold is like the polished version of that. And they've released the Epic Games is giving them away for free. You couldn't oh, get them. Wow. I was I was searching for it on Steam right now. Okay, you'll have to probably get the Epic Games launcher for that, and I suppose. And the funny part was when the expansion released uh, for Unreal, you it you you needed both the Unreal game and the Unreal tournament to actually unlock the expansion and have it run, which is uh-huh. <laughs> which is so strange at that point. Uh, but just to go, I want to focus on how much Unreal has changed and how much of a piece it has become. And it all started from there. Anybody, Joel and Raj, you have you want to have some comment on that because it's still strong with Fortnite, I believe. It is, yeah. So it is, yes, yes. Like Epic Games, with, uh, you know. Actually, just a fun fact. Recently, I found out that PUBG uses the Unreal Engine and really? Fortnite. All, yeah, I mean, even I was shocked. I was like, "What the Wait, fuck? What? Are you serious?" Yeah. Like, you guys didn't know this. I mean, you guys didn't know this. That's no, I, cool. I, I I kind of found this out like a month back, and I was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" And Fortnite also uses the Unreal Engine, but no, runs smoother. That's that's where that's where the lawsuit came in, right? From Bluepoint Games, the creators of PUBG. So yeah. they were like, "Okay, we are using your engine, but then you guys are using the same engine to create a game very similar to ours." So that is so in, strange. Exactly, and so of course, uh, Epic would have the upper hand, right? When they made a game that was so similar to PUBG, because they could release new features for their own engine just for themselves, and yeah. you know, leave PUBG out. So that's basically, uh, you know, eliminating competition. And right. Bluepoint was, Bluepoint was wary of that, and hence uh, put in a lawsuit. That's where it all started. Oh, so Damn. yeah, no, now yeah. you know. Now, now we, we know. know. The more we the, know. That's the more we know. Tan, tan, tan. This has been a very educational <laughs> podcast so far. We, by the way. we definitely of, need to get a soundboard. <laughs> of course, like it has been educational. Telokesh hasn't spoken yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> but Pratibesh uh, says, uh, has anybody played Quake Champion? Oh, I, I mean, I've played Quake Champions, and I must say, it's not as fast as Quake Three. It doesn't okay. feel the same speed as Quake Three. I get uh, is the is the is the hev- the heaviness or so that you're saying is that a deliberate move? Is that a deliberate choice? It could it could be to because try I believe and... that was that that happened with Doom Three, where I think it was intentionally slower than the previous Doom. Yeah, yes. I mean even even the recent most recent Doom that came out in 2016 was also not the same speed as. The original Doom, it was fast, but it wasn't like, you know, the same speed. They kind of toned it down just a bit. And I think Quake Champions has a bit of that. But, you know, then again, Quake 3 Arena was like super fast for those Quake 3 Arena remember. was insanely fast. But then it was games insanely in fast. general are getting slower. Games in general are getting slower, thanks to consoles. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at Rainbow Six Siege, for example. That's the slowest game you'll ever play. Yeah. Like, uh, back then, games had a 60 FPS uh, thing all the time, and they didn't have you know, consoles to stop that because even consoles went at that speed at that time. Yeah, yeah because consoles it's... were never, because back then consoles were never, never 
no people didn't care about uh, graphics at that time so it didn't right. you didn't require a lot of horsepower to run a game but now it's like all the devs know that if you want to sell a game well you need to make it beautiful mm-hmm. and that's where you know the whole 30 fps comes in and you cannot play a very fast game at 30 fps you have to make it slower so a game like unreal tournament would not work in a 30 fps or sub 30 fps environment that's a good question jol so do you also think that that's where the future lies the next generation of consoles will focus more on the cpu to you know up the frame rates um actually it it's it's not only the cpu i think it's depending on what the devs want cuz i'll tell you what the ps5 and the ps6 can be amazing but if devs really want to crank that graphic settings up and you know want to put in more ai just for the sake of looking more realistic it will drive down the fps either ways doesn't matter you could have a super computer in there being the average console and devs will find a way to push it to its limits crisis yeah. obviously gave us that example very well i guess i guess that's a problem with days gone right now right that yeah they went all world was e with that but running at a very stable frame rate of 10 and exactly like it, it, it depends yeah. on the devs it depends on the devs whether they want to target 60 fps if they really want this to be a fast paced game they want to target at 60 fps then it can be done for example uh, right now code masters is having uh their new racing game did you see did you yeah, see the trailer for that i think i did are you saying the one that looks like uh, this mario the other one uh the fast paced game is that the one uh, it's made by Evil, the ones who made uh, this drive club it's on yeah, rush yeah, it's I on know, rush it's on rush it's on rush on yeah, the, oh that's on rush that yeah. was talking thanks for your location on rush yeah, yeah, on rush beta is has been released i have played it also it's really fun it's kind of arcade so yes uh, so it's like it's like motor storm and uh, proper grid racing or dirt racing uh, had a like baby together it doesn't have as much destruction as was it was it the one with the same visuals like splatoon with all colors everywhere no it has it is very colorful but it's not uh, splatoon it's a racing it's like a proper racing game it looks realistic okay. but then what the devs said was they wanted a smooth 60 fps uh, gameplay element uh, from the start because it's such a fast paced game it is a very fast paced game it's like trackmania you could say kind of right. fast and so uh, they knew 30 fps could not be possible that's why what they did is made the default fps 60 and if suppose you want higher frame rates then you can go into the settings and you know make that 30 so i mm-hmm. believe that is what the future is like I want devs to be like okay we'll put in really good graphics so that our trailers look deceiving enough for people to buy them but then we make the default setting 60 fps and let people choose what they like right if, if I think want... some of the games on PS4 Pro have those options one is the cinematic mode performance mode uh in the cinematic mode which runs at uh, I think 30 yes, fps yes 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 performance mode runs at 60 fps but lowered graphics I believe that's I... what it is Yeah. I I did I did do that in uh, Neo 2 like when I played Neo in PS4 even though mm-hmm. it's not the pro they had a setting where you could play 60 fps at some 720p 900p or mm-hmm. proper 1080p 30 fps I chose 60 fps all day Nice Nice yeah that, nice. that's the way to go with it good So yeah I believe that that is the best way that devs can you know give a bit of options like come on PC games have had options forever 
let the console fags also have some option console fags whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> let's 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 not cross the line here let's my friend let's not cross the line here my friend you're a nintendo guy yeah anyway Man, people getting so hurt by words these days no i, I mean, mean no, it is 2018 you got to be politically correct yeah it's not politically correct dude it's just like i mean just 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 don't be just don't, don't be you know freaking don't be rude cuz anybody okay. can take offense to anything nowadays yeah oh, so shit. yeah so basically before we close up prathmesh wants to what the code masters racing games was called it's called on rush on rush Oh, by the way, before I wanted to end, I want to say. Right? Oh, did you cut off? Uh, I want to say to? before we wanted to uh, end. I I just want to say I didn't get the chance to say I finally got a new PC that can run games. Nice, oh, nice. Yeah, and I've never been so disappointed with my, with my purchase ever. By the way, why? <laughs> dude, the, the I don't know what you guys fi- uh, where this elitism comes from, dude. But if I have to pay like seventy thousand for a fucking piece of shit machine. it's it's just unnecessary all right uh, where what why am i paying so much this is not even including the peripherals all right and not even the games that are coming and it's still one of the uh, it's still not the high tier pc for that i have to have to shell even more oh fuck okay how did you that. pay 70 grand and not have a good experience how how will i pay 70 grand and have a good experience the difference yeah, no, what, the what, difference what between what is x It's a 1050 Ti. It's a good CPU. It's a it's a it's a good build. But the fact is, it's it costs me seventy thousand. The difference between that and a PS4 is the price of a PS4 plus a God of War. Right? Okay, I'll be honest with you. I think it's the GST that screwed you. It's not. Yeah, like, it's I, the GST is eighteen percent. Dude, I bought my PC just before GST, and I got a 1080 and a 1440p monitor. You know, yeah, within it's, it's within one a, lakh. It's not only the GST; it's also the fucking uh, the rise of the GPU prices as well. The rise of the GPU prices, thanks to the cryptocurrency. Oh yes, and yes, yes, yes. But yes. so yeah, so currently, if I'm saying, I'm just saying, currently at this point with the GST and the cryptocurrency prices, the PC market is going to take a huge hit with just how costly everything is. That that is true. That is true. And plus, with the Sony's exclusives going strong, like uh, in E3, I bet we are going to hear more about Hideo Kojima's. Uh, game that's stranding uh, yeah yes, oh no yes. that's actually you know i was going to end the podcast but now that going like with this current gst and cryptocurrency increasing the price of pcs here uh how do you think the things are going to happen like shape up for even the market to survive the pc gaming market to survive here Wait, I thought rats would put on an opinion i i thought somebody would pick that up okay no i i'll okay What? i'll tell them Yeah, I mean, I'm just a guy who enjoys playing games, dude. <laughs> regardless the, of platform, you're the guy who's into PC gaming, right? So I, I mean, you, yeah, yeah. no, that's because so I'm into PC gaming because I have a PC. Get give give me an Xbox or a PS4, and you know what I'm gonna do. No, okay, see, nobody's no, gifting you shit. So ah. I'm just gonna say, uh, th- this specifically, right? How will the brands and everything tackle a market? where the prices are inflated so much and what do you think the strategy would be to keep this sustainable so, because right now even a mid-range pc is, will cost you around 60000 if you just include the gst 80% okay, gst i'll i'll have to be telling you like uh, the thing is indians really don't know the value of a pc actually like hmm. uh, people are like 70000 that's super expensive but then if you realize how prices have increased of 
all technology all across mm-hmm. the board you'll realize everything has increased like if you went uh, you know 4 years ago the costliest a phone could get was 25 grand i remember right. that would be like an s3 or something back then you know 5 hmm. uh, 6 years ago and then people would be like oh shit 25 grand for a phone that's hella expensive but if you go out right now into the street you will find people left and right having you know the newest uh, s7 s9 or the I, one plus iphone x or whatever but, like you know and s7 yeah. is much easier to market mm-hmm. and s7 and iphone is much easier to market considering holistic individual like complete package right when you come to a pc uh it's more of an assembly product of several different uh parts which all have competition within them i suppose i'm trying to frame this properly uh, yes but I... people need to understand the value of a pc again uh if you might have noticed the mobile gaming market is pretty shit like apart from pubg and fortnite coming to phones i don't think there have been any notable releases on phones for the past 2 3 years no that, like, that, that's the thing so the releases of these two games by tencent overshadow all of their other games right arena valor nobody's talking about it ring of elysium radical heights all these games it's like the it's like if you think about it 2012 to 2013 was the year of mobas it was an era for where moba games were like super popular dota 2 league of legends and i think that's when also you know games like mobile legends arena of valor uh, came into being and now if you look at this era of you know when it started in 2017 with pubg hitting the shelves it is now become the era of battle royale so for those of you who actually hate this genre too bad you're going to have to suffer till another game genre takes over dude i i hate this genre so much please let Let's it suffer but, but that's another thing right the the way if you've noticed the gap certain fads of genres they've been getting shorter and shorter uh yeah correct me if i'm it's, wrong it's cause it's cause we have such a short attention span right now just like mm-hmm. back then when a meme came about that meme would be there for almost a year i remember that you know thinking velociraptor thing right, people right. used to people used to spam that everywhere for almost one two years mm-hmm. but not, right not just now the attention, but i believe it's also the amount of content that's being pumped like every you have like yeah. developers pumping different concepts of games everywhere Yes, and... yes, and right now it's it's a lot more different. Like as you see, you have meme review coming every, you know, one week and killing memes off. Right. Basically. Yeah. So the same thing is happening with the game industry, right? No. So all... everyone gets a new fad, starts playing it, they start pumping out so much content that people just get bored of it within, you know, within six months, and then another game comes about with another cool new fad, and the cycle begins again. Right. It's funny how the, but still, and think, days, no, and, but, and how people, no, uh, no but the, yeah, continue, rats. Sorry. Yeah, no, but I think this particular era of battle royals will stay for like the longest of time, and I'll tell you why. Because one, PUBG and Fortnite, I know they are not the fathers; they are the ones who started it. The fathers were, of course, your Arma Three, Daisy Mod. Like this, this trend was there for a long time. Who knows? like even mobas were there since 2005 but it only picked up in 2012 battle royals were there since 2011 i think that's when the arwa 3 mod came out and they only picked up like 6 years later who knows there might be a genre that we are missing out on it could be anything i don't know it could be indies it could be you know sandboxes it could be even your i don't know Star- call of duty or stardew Star- valley like 10 years from now stardew valley will be the number 
game yeah it, it might be <laughs> maybe stardew maybe not stardew valley specifically but a game just like stardew valley but more fun why it do people like that complete joke i i, 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 I mean it would be awesome if it if it does happen i'll actually enjoy it but yeah think about it why is pubg a fortnite popular pubg has got realistic graphics and it's also you know apart from all the bugs that it's got it's uh, you know got a lot of you know it's, it's it, it looks really good graphically and fortnite is a game where anybody can have fun from any you know platform or whatever so that's so you you never know how it's going to take who knows what if we the the thing what is that we go back to indie games all again like people are getting fed up with all the high graphic games that are coming out this year like you know we've got metro exodus we've got uh, call of duty black ops 4 battlefield 5 we've got all of these games coming in hey right? you mentioned battlefield 5 now we'll have to like pause for a moment. right you oh, yes. mentioned a keyword you mentioned a keyword there yes yes <laughs> oh, yeah, before before, okay, no but Yeah I know I've been looking at the discord chat while talking that's why I plugged it in I'm smart <laughs> but, yeah. but but I I, I was supposed to like bring that into exposition that was not a smart video one of you did that Oh right, that's fine that's fine we can just talk about it for like a couple of minutes but yeah as I was saying like I did remember watching a video where how art when it started out it was very primitive and then it became all fascinating and now it's back to its primitiveness again with you know a, a painting with the color red and it's like this is art it represents anger shit like that right this week we are seeing something similar in games when gaming came out it was very simple graphics are you are you talking about being post modern i think so yeah I, i think it was called like the some art revolution or something like that yeah, indie so game post yeah the post modern art revolutions already happened with undertale and those kind of games hmm. yeah that, that's already happened like game theory even made a video because i think, was, I, think is, I, i think yeah, hotline mummy was the first one to like get it done No, uh, there was a resurgence of pixel art games. Basically, like we had Super Meat Boy coming up. Oh yeah, and yeah. then you know you had those platformers. You know those little yeah, platformers that came up. No, but bring it and everything. But then, see, then again, we haven't come to that point where a platformer hasn't like. Okay, you've got Undertale, you've got Doki Doki Literature Club, you've got Hotline Miami. Have they ever broken the kind of sales that you know? these games are doing right now, like PUBG and Fortnite. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why that's happening because PUBG and Fortnite directly. Uh, in their gameplay element want more people to be there like you cannot play pubg or fortnite without 100 people in that match yeah i so, know so i'm just saying what if like in the coming years someone creates like an open world multiplayer game might not be battle royale might be something different altogether like a survival game but the graphics are so minimalistic and so enjoyable that people will just play it forever on and on and on again you you, you get what i'm trying to say that, right it's like terraria yeah that's no, kind terraria. of terraria Yeah, but Terraria hey. has like a limit of ten. I was thinking about like two fifty, like a MMO kind of server. So Terraria Battle Royale. I don't know, maybe. Uh, that is the future. That is the future. Let's hey, you think about... Dream? You, you think Dreams might the game that they're working on just ends up becoming a Battle Royale? That'll be <laughs> yeah, that'll be so wild. What oh, even that... is that? Nobody knows Ilamo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we were talking about Battlefield Five. Oh yeah, we What were happened? talking about Battlefield Five. Yeah. Did you guys so... see the trailer? I did. Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I didn't. Okay. What uh, did yeah. you see in the trailer then? Uh, so I mean, I really dug how the uh, whatever Instagram filter, the whatever the <laughs> oh, yeah, the saturation, the, the saturation, saturation yeah. and uh, uh, and the, uh, how it looked visually. Uh, but thirty minutes in, thirty uh, seconds in, I was like, wait a minute, is this was this was this trailer directed by Michael Bay? What is this? 
I mean, <laughs> you see people jumping out, and uh, you, and there's a, uh, this girl falls down on the ground, and there's a tank that rolls by her next, right next to her, and few bombs go off, and she stands and she starts running. I'm like, um, I don't know much about war, but I don't. Uh, I'm pretty sure you shouldn't be able to be uh, na- navigating so freely when so much is going on, right? I mean, exactly. Yeah, it just didn't. F- the whole realistic tone that they went with for Battlefield One. Yeah, it just disappeared. Com- com- they just completely threw it negative. out of the window. They just threw it out of the window. They went two st- a few steps too far, and that it shows in the name. You went from one. You went one to five. Yeah. What is the- first of all? What is that nomenclature? Like, can somebody like? Explain this to me. Why did they go yeah, from five from one? Yeah. So, like before, I talk about that. I actually want to talk about the nomenclature. Like, wasn't it called Battlefield? Like, see, after Battlefield Four, there was your that Miami Vice bullshit that was there, and uh, then after that, they went line. to Hardline. Yeah, and then Hard there line, was the one that was made by Visceral Games. Yeah, and then after that, we went to Battlefield One, and I'm like, wait, what? Uh, I was, I was like confused. Was there any special? And then. You know, reveal trailer Battlefield Five. Like, see, I am a I'm a fan of Battlefield. I'm actually a fan of both Battlefield and Call of Duty, and I actually want to play both these games, and especially for the multiplayer. Okay, multiplayer because the graphics look absolutely amazing. The saturation, the colors, they look vibrant, amazing, good touch, and I can imagine that you know the multiplayer is also going to be pretty fun to play with the team because it's like they've added more revolution from Battlefield Four, which is like one of my favorite uh, features from that. Uh, where you can you know just destroy more shit like you know I just like blowing shit up. You could say I am like Michael Bay's spiritual successor or whatever the fuck I don't know. I just like blowing shit up. It's enjoyable to play a battlefield which has so much. So I'm actually you know waiting for I'm actually waiting for Battlefield Five to come out. Uh, Joel, what did you? We never got to hear your thoughts on. Okay, so uh, yeah, the nomenclature. I think they already fucked up when they had Battlefield One. and if they wanted to do a direct sequel to one i think it should have been called two hmm. okay cuz that I, seems like the sensible one because two comes after one yes <laughs> so so they i think they did some kind of you know krish shit like how krish went from krish to krish 3 or whatever and hmm. uh, i i don't know like if they were doing five it would make sense if it was in a modern setting because what i noticed was all the modern setting games came like you know 3 4 5 mm-hmm. while they took the older game and you know went with one so i thought they would have done like one two something like that but anyways that is battlefield being battlefield but what i seen in the trailer as you correctly noticed like there were there were actual uh, girl soldiers fighting it out and everything and i think this was due to the backlash that happened during battlefield 1 i don't know if anyone remembers this where uh, people were like uh, women are not represented well in the game mm-hmm. did you guys hear about that yeah. i didn't hear about that no 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 i didn't hear about that okay, but so... do you feel this is unnecessary more accurate to uh, history so yeah i was i was going to uh, talk about that as in people were uh, some there were obviously women complaining that uh, you know this isn't balanced there should be women as well as men male representation while there were other people who were like no battlefield ones you know being historically accurate because there were no women in the war actually most women worked as nurses or as, as whatever the sort but then uh, it's like now they are catering to all audiences and uh, they even put a girl right in the forefront so right. yeah she's the cover art 
yes 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 they put her right in the forefront even in the trailer even in the uh, cover art it's like uh, ea is just trying to cater to that audience and just putting it out there like we have girls now I the soldiers that's yeah, your selling point for the game right exactly, I, I when you when you do of- that when yeah. you do that it just seems so disingenuous right like yeah. like buy a game cuz now the soldiers have boobs that that's just stupid yeah i mean it's like uh, it's like after i think if you think of it from ea's position after their big you know bad pr stunt with star wars battlefront 2 and when they want to bring a game as big as battlefield 5 they don't want any kind of negative press so they thought and- hey, might as well just cater to the whole audience but look where that turned out to be also also this is this is not the first time uh, you know ea has done this so if anyone remembers fifa does have women teams and this happened i think in fifa 16 where uh, they got in the whole uh, women world cup sw- squads into right. the game and i mean none of these yes. moves come across genuinely right exactly and uh, and that was back when fifa 15 had come out first which was an amazing game they used a new game engine everything was good back then and people were you know saying it was it was a fifa that changed a lot and then came 16 where they literally could didn't change anything so they brought in the girl teams so i believe this is kind of a lazy attempt at showing that we have changed you know like the girl soldiers when i don't think there's really much change between battlefield 1 you know, and battlefield 5 you know what has me more angry is i'm more pissed off at the journalists who are eating this up right i mean uh, this is a this is as lazy as you can get with presentation and the journalists seems seem fine with it which has me then question the journalists uh you know agenda at how how genuine they wanted representation if this is what this is what satisfies them also also yeah. uh the trailer like uh, apart from it being just uh, you know a, fa- a way of saying we have girls now i felt i, I don't believe i'm reviewing a trailer but it's because the previous battlefield uh, one trailer was so good you have to agree with me on this yeah, definitely like, with, yeah. with direction with direction with music with the way everything went in battlefield one the grit that they showed you know it was amazing i, I i'd say it was a piece of art especially when compared to uh, last year's call of duty uh, trailer where they right. barely barely tried you know hmm. and people and i think it was the most disliked trailer back then and battlefield 1 was like this savior to you know fps games back then but now it's the complete opposite you see battlefield you see uh, the devs being lazy you know uh, and it shows in their trailers too like the trailer is just not good it doesn't have that same vibe to it it is just bland boring and it just it's it's stupid it's just catering to a weird audience like i said like the authenticity of you being a war which battlefield 1 captured really well by the way mm. uh, with everything just seems to be lost it just seems like yeah it's it's again these 90s heroes being completely in uh, separated from whatever is happening in their environment they really feel like they're in a different place like no I'd, interaction I'd, whatsoever i'd kind of like it if they did uh, somewhat like what ubisoft did with the far cry series and they you know tried a completely different setting or you know made it a fully arcadeish experience and mm-hmm. then brought in girls and everything but then trying to you know showcase a realistic experience and then bringing in girls and making such a bad trailer out of it 
I don't think it makes sense. It's very disingenuous. It's very uh, misleading, I'd say, because I don't think in gameplay anybody is going to find a big difference between being a girl or a guy. Anyways, you're playing in first person. It's not like right. being a girl would empower you. Hmm. Okay. So in first hey, person. Hey, look, guys, I can distract the enemies. Yeah, just gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had this. I just had this. Yeah. So um, I don't know how it's gonna turn out. Like I think this is gonna be a bad time for uh, FPSs in general because even Call of Duty seems like it's going for that. I think twenty-five man battle royale thing, right? Mm-hmm. Think, yeah. Yeah. Twenty. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Twenty. And they've, and they've also decided to scrap the campaign, which is personally like I am not. I'm kind exactly. of against on, that. On a Black Ops game, that too. On a Black yeah. Ops game. Yeah, Black, Black Ops games, the, the the game for which we always look to the silly campaigns and how weird you like, can get with that. That was exactly. one of the major appeals of the Black Ops. Like Call of Duty and Battlefield 1 right now have just lost their way. Like with third-person games going so much in the forefront of narrative, storytelling, we see so many games, you know, changing. It's mm-hmm. It's very odd to see a first-person shooter just being so lazy right now what was that uh what was that game that came out the trailer that came out that looked like bioshock that was the first person right did you see the trailer for that what is the game by whom was it do you wait let me just google because i was i was going to raise that as a counterpoint to the uh in wait let me just google it while you guys keep talking Okay, yeah. Uh, Ratul, what do you think? Like, what is the future of FPS gaming since we Atomic, know the future? I think it's Atomic Heart or something like that. Atomic well, Heart? Atomic Heart or something game. Yeah, yeah. Because Atomic the, Heart. Yeah. It's Atomic Heart. This is a first-person okay. shooter, which the trailer just came out, I think, one week ago or two weeks ago. And it's a Soviet era shooter, which kind of just like... Uh, uh, Bioshock gives the proper horror vibes. So Oh, I, I, I do see it, but I feel it's less Bioshock, more Prey. Have you played Prey? Prey. Yeah, I've yeah, heard I of it. it. Never played it. Okay, it's it's a lot like Prey, I feel. Like it's got some weird gooey things. Yeah, yeah, that thing that about. turns into a chair and like in a Dude, that is exactly yeah. like Prey. So even in if you played Prey, uh, which came out last year, uh yeah, they no, have I was talking about creatures. the monster in Prey. I was talking about the monster. Prey only, the one that turns into inanimate objects. Uh-huh. Mimic. Yeah. Mimic, yeah, right? The mimic. Yeah, the mimics. So, yeah. I don't know. Th- this seems a lot like Prey and Bioshock, m- you know, molded together. I feel it's it, it's very good. I, I like very it. Very good. Yeah. So, I was like going to raise that. So, I think, as always, first position shooters, these kind of games have always done well in the thing. They've never taken the spotlight, but they never have to. I believe Wolfenstein as well was a good example, but uh, in terms of multiplayer, I still I still believe we're gonna be stuck with Battlefield and Call of Duty while we like it. But those are the people who are more into uh, the games. There's always gonna be these niche things. And System Shock is coming, by the way, the reboot. I don't know when it is. Man, it's it's actually nice to see uh, devs do these kind of sm- you know much smaller games with stories and all that because it's really so rare to see them right now. People are just focused on getting the next you know streamable game mm-hmm. I, I think it's the whole streaming generation that's done this because you know everyone wants that screen time everyone wants to be famous now and right. while battle royale is hogging the spotlight basically any multiplayer game can uh, get that like come on we are streaming fifa right now i mean so... it also has to do with uh, how a game can 
be sustainable with an online community and still be growing i suppose and i believe death stranding is trying to do something neat with that i think hider kojima just said like uh, the game will require a huge effort by the community as a whole did he mean that in a dark soul sense or a or a typical online cooperation sense i don't know but that's what he meant and i don't know if that's going to be first person shooter or third person shooter well uh, i've i've heard that there are rumors that uh, we're going to have death stranding gameplay at e3 so but definitely it's time for a gameplay now but then knowing hideo kojima that gameplay could be completely unrelated to death stranding it could be it could be moss growing like he put he tweeted out a picture of that and like this is a moss good looking it could just be moss growing but anyway i i think we've like gone way past the you know recommended time for the podcast before we close yes, yes, we yes, fucked yes. up basically yeah no it didn't fuck up it just organically went that yeah. way but before we close in anybody have some final thoughts to say uh trilocation plays terrible fifa at higher difficulties look at him lose 5-1 This is not the second leg. I'm purposely losing. I don't want to see it's aggregate. Oh. It's twelve twelve. But the Pratamesh oh. mentioned this another game. Eve online. Eve online. Yeah. I know yeah, about yeah. the game. It is yeah. like full, full blown. Full blown battles. Like if you guys get the time, if you guys get the time to research, do check out Eve online. But I warn you, it is not. the most non toxic of mmo environments not the most non toxic that's a two negatives i hate i think that's a triple that. negative triple negatives yeah yeah it's freaking i've heard stories <laughs> of eve online i've heard yes yes i've heard of the scams i've heard of the scams and everything they're like yeah, proper it's... pirates who steal your money it's wow. basically your second world second life second life yeah 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 it's it's literally that is uh, is second life still a thing I think, think so. it just rebooted itself recently. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting too many ads of it, pissing me yeah. off. So is it third life now? <laughs> it. no, we're ending, we're ending the podcast. Yeah, like, yeah, right let's now. end. Like, right we're gonna get bored again. Yeah, sure. Cut off. Yeah. Cut the yeah. the matches, matches in dead. Okay, Cut the feed. No one needs to see this podcast. Okay. And you know, keep following us, keep listening to us, and we'll be here again next Sunday. Bye. 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 <laughs> no no yeah yeah we are still going we are still going because the match is it the, the match is finished that's why right.
30 shares is 3 zeros or 1 3? What? Who, who shared this? I didn't share that much. I guess show upon us. Yeah, they might be shared. Don't like it. Oh yeah, we didn't end it. Shit. That's why. Right. 